All right, folks, we have reached it. The final episode of 2022. I hope this podcast is playing in a place where you are feeling that really warm feeling that comes over us if we've had a great time during the holidays. However, if you're not, if you're listening to this and you're madly driving away from your home, or if you're listening to this alone, or if you're listening to this in a place of stress and you don't know how you're going to get through another year, just hear me, okay? The purpose of this inventory is not for us to beat ourselves up, nor is it to give ourselves too many goals, too many thoughts, too many things to try and accomplish. It's just to enhance our knowledge of ourselves. And here's the thing I want you to hear. If you're hearing this from a place of strength, then hear it from a place of strength and march on and use this information in your life to march on. But if you're listening to this podcast in a place of weakness, I just want you to hear me say this, okay? There is always reason for hope. Welcome to the Vanessa Landino podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Landino. Okay, so this is our last week of our inventory, and I've been watching the numbers every week, and it's been really cool to watch how many of you have been listening to this inventory and hopefully using it. Um, The numbers in December have been awesome. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this. Thank you for participating in this community. I recently got this message. I'm going to read this to you. This is from Jason. Nancy from your people-pleasing podcast episode recommended your podcast to me, and I'm so glad she did. As a lifer, empathetic people pleaser, that's quite a title, isn't it? As a lifer, empathetic people pleaser, this one episode has surfaced issues that I didn't even know existed. Healing, dot, 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 Jason. So I responded to Jason. He sent me that message over Facebook. And Jason, it was so good to hear from you. And to all of you that write messages, I mean, I'm just reading one out of several that I get, but it's so good to hear from you. It's so good to know that you're engaging this content. Why? Because you don't have to suffer the way you're suffering. That's the goal. That's the actual soul of the word psychotherapy. Now, I know this podcast isn't psychotherapy. It's a podcast. But if you're in therapy, my guess is it's going to give you some good content for what you want to be talking about. It's going to churn up some feelings. It's going to churn up some important questions for you to be asking yourself. And that's great. That's the whole purpose of psychotherapy. The word psychotherapy means the healing of the soul. It does not mean the management of symptoms, although we do that. And it does not mean merely treating symptoms, although we do that. And it does not mean explaining things, although we do that, right, to one another, therapist to client and client to therapist. We're constantly learning from one another in the therapeutic exchange. But at the end of the day, the goal is healing. The goal is for us to live transformed, for us to be growing in this human existence, to not feel stuck. I think I said this a couple of weeks ago that this person, this famous, I guess, like psychotherapist, a well-known theorist, described life as one, I'll just edit it for the sake of our podcast rating here, it's a clean podcast, one darn thing after another. And when people come to therapy, it's because they're experiencing the same darn thing over and over again, and they want to get to one darn thing after another. And so that's really at the soul and the heart of this inventory, okay? It's for us to look at our lives and look back at the end of 2023 and think, oh, it was the same darn thing over and over. No, no, no. Let's get to another darn thing. Let's get to another thing. Let's get to another mountain. Let's get to another struggle. Let's put something behind us. And let's realize now while we sort of sort through this inventory that we can put things behind us. So what I want you to do is not overthink this, okay? Just listen, ponder, and just notice what stands out to you. Notice what you notice. And if you take notes, great. You can also use the blog. I'm putting up all these inventory questions on my blog on my website, vanessalandino.com is my website. You just sign up for the blog and you can get all of these questions for you to look at and for you to think about. Write out your answers. If you keep a journal, write this in your journal. Put it somewhere where you can find it next year. But here's an important piece, okay? Not every question is meant for you to take a deep dive. You don't need to seriously, deeply navel gaze, ponder every single question in the inventory. Just pay attention to what hits you. Pay attention as you're listening. You think, oh, gosh, that's for me. Pay attention to that. Okay, your body, your spirit, your mind is telling you where the work is. 
And that's the beautifully holistic way of seeing ourselves. We're not just human thinkings. We're not just human feelings. We're human beings. And our whole body works to give us the signals we need to focus on what it is we need to focus on. So just pay attention to what stands out to you, what gets you feeling, what gets you thinking. That's where your work is. All right. At the end of this, this is our fourth week of the inventory, we should have about two to three areas of focus, maybe one to two short-term goals, and then perhaps four to five long-term goals for the year. And we should have raised our level of awareness around several parts of our life. Okay, so we really want to winnow this down this week. What are we leaving with? What are we looking at 2023 with? We know where we've come from. We've taken an inventory of the last year, and maybe we've set some goals for the next year, but the inventory should be informing the goals. All right, let's dive in. I was thinking about, man, this is the big one. This is personal development. You know, how have we grown? And all of the other areas are so important, but as a therapist, this is the goldmine, okay? And we look at all of the other areas to determine this, but I thought, man, we've already talked about so much. How do I do this week without being repetitive? And there's just two words that kept coming to mind, time and energy, time and energy. Friends, that's all we've got. You have the time that you've been given to live your life and you have the energy that you have in every day to use. We could look at just those two things and determine the value of our whole year. We could look at just those two things and determine where we're going next year. They're that important. How did I spend my time? How did I spend my energy? So I did a little research on this and I am not scientific enough to understand this. Some of you listening out there, you're my favorite nerds. I love you for it. You're well, Vanessa. That's not really the right, right way to think about it. It's not. But I thought, how much how much energy do we expend in a day? You know, like a vacuum cleaner runs on however many watts. You know, and I went to Quora and I googled it. You know, I don't even understand what I'm reading, but it was just sort of interesting to get in my mind, and maybe it's interesting for you to get in your mind the idea that you're actually expending energy every single day, just like a light bulb. In fact, there was a study that was done at Stanford, really interesting, Stanford study. Scientists looked at nine benchmarks for a long, happy life, okay? Here's what they looked at. And some of it has to do with health, like your ability to stay alive, so it's quite relevant. They looked at the access to electricity, air quality, food supply, something called the Gini coefficient, which measures wealth inequality. I guess it's more of a measure of poverty versus wealth. Happiness, infant mortality, life expectancy, prosperity, and sanitation. So again, some of these are very logistical. Like, what is your life quality like? What is your life expectancy like if you're in a place with very, very poor sanitation? It all matters, okay? But these Stanford scientists looked at these nine benchmarks for what they were calling a long and happy life. And what they discovered is that across cultures, they looked at many nations, many different types of people, People, human beings, expend 75 gigajoules per year. And that's a unit of energy, a joule. They expend 75 gigajoules a year. And then this was very, very important. They studied how much Americans expend in a year. And Americans expend 284 gigajoules per year. So if you are not living in the United States, because I know my podcast is all over the world, which is fantastic. Please keep sharing it. <laughs> but if you're not living in the United States, I don't know what you're spending in a year. Maybe it's somewhere between 75 and 284. But for most of my listeners, you're in the States. So I'm talking to you and I'm talking to me. What are we doing? What are we doing? Are we working too hard? Are we working harder and harder and harder and we're busier, but we're not happier? So it begs the following questions, right? The average human across the earth is expending 75 gigajoules per year on all of these nine benchmarks of pursuing or accomplishing a long and happy life. But Americans, Americans are expending 284 gigajoules per year. So two questions, are we working too hard? And if we are, maybe we are, maybe we aren't, are we expending energy on things that contribute to the quality of our lives? Now we're getting into the questions that really force us to face, am I contributing to my quality of life or am I detracting from it with how I'm living? Am I pouring my energy? Am I spending my time on things that I enjoy, that bring meaning to my life, that enrich my life? Or am I 
what I like to call spinning my wheels. When you think about spinning your wheels, I want you to get the mental image in your mind of a bike that is held up off the ground and someone just keeps spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning the wheels of the bike, but the bike has no traction. It's not on the road, so it's not going anywhere. Are we busy going nowhere? So let's look at our personal experience. Okay, this is the personal inventory, the personal development inventory. Where do we expend the most energy? For most of us, it's our life's work, raising kids, our careers, it's our relationships. This is where we're putting most of our energy. Our relationships with ourselves, with others, with God. I think for a lot of us, I'm just going to venture to say this, I think for a lot of us, we spend the least amount of our energy and our time and our relationship with the spiritual divine, and we wonder why we're miserable. That's sort of the secret. Some of us prioritize our partner. Some of us prioritize our kids. And if we prioritize our kids over our spouse, I don't know what those situations are. Lots of different marriages. Marriages work on a number of different levels, but sometimes We've made the kids the priority, not the relationship. And we wonder why we don't feel fulfilled. And a very easy answer to that is that children just don't have the emotional capacity to fulfill adult emotional needs the way other adults do. They just don't. They don't have the understanding. Children are very easily exploited. They're very easily manipulated. They're very easily coerced and enmeshed into codependent relationships with adults. They don't know better. But when we're in a relationship with another autonomous adult who's making autonomous decisions for us, to us, that feels really different than a kid who needs us. Maybe we're expending our energy that way. Some of us have prioritized something in our lives and we have poured our energy into it and maybe it's not paying off what we wanted. Maybe it is, but maybe it's not. Some of us, and I know you are because I've been there, some of us are in intimate relationships that are going nowhere. We're pouring our energy into it and the relationship itself, the potential for the partnership, the potential for the connection just isn't there. Some of us have to admit we've outgrown people. Now, does that mean you should break up? Does that mean you should go get a divorce? No, it does not. But it does mean you need to be aware of that. I have poured my time and my energy into something and it's not going anywhere. So that begs a couple of questions, right? Does it have the potential to grow? And if it does, am I using the right tools? Sidebar, this is why I wrote the toolbox. Because I saw couples for 10 years in therapy, 10 clinical years in therapy, pouring their lives, pouring their hearts, their tears, their souls into marriages, into relationships that weren't budging. Do you know what frustration is? The emotion of frustration. It's in the anger category. Okay, frustration is like a grandchild or a great-grandchild of anger. It's not exactly what anger is, but it feels like anger. What is frustration? Frustration means you have been pouring your energy into something and it's not budging. The example I give my clients in session all the time is like when you're trying to screw off the lid of a jar and you try and you try and you try and eventually you just get frustrated, right? You get exasperated. Why? Because the energy you're putting into something isn't making it move. And for some of us, we've got to come clean with ourselves about how we've been doing that this year in 2022 and maybe 2021 and maybe 2020. And maybe it's a habit. Maybe we're not used to movement. Maybe we don't know what it feels like to push hard, let it budge and get there. Because that is a life experience. When you have to stand your ground and you watch something shift around you, it is powerful. And when you have to bend and move and push and press in and you watch something move and grow and transform, it is powerful. The process that comes to mind right now is labor. And for all you mamas out there that have delivered babies, our hat's off to you. It is effort. It is a push. And then there is movement. There is a budge. Sometimes there's a huge swath of energy that moves. But some of us are used to being stuck. We've normalized frustration. And that will wreak havoc on our mood, our energy state. 
that's when we get into feelings of hopelessness and helplessness because we are in our human effort pushing in we're pressing on we're pushing out we are exerting our energy against something towards something into something we're trying to make movement occur and it's not and the emotional response to that is frustration So circling back, this is actually why I wrote the toolbox, because I got really tired and heartbroken seeing myself and others pour time and time and time and energy and energy and energy into tools in relationships that were going nowhere. They were not going to work. So I thought to myself, if we're going to see our relationships improve, we need tools that actually work. We need to know how to make ground in our relationships, whether that's by becoming beautifully connected listeners whether it's becoming more empathic, whether it's learning how to effectively confront someone. These are all chapters in the book. And at this moment, I'm not trying to sell you the toolbox. I'm giving you the rationale behind it. It is possible that you have been pouring your life's blood into your relationship. And if you don't have the right tools, it's not going to budge. We need the right tools with our kids. We need the right tools with our partners. We need the right tools with our friends. We need the right tools in our jobs. Otherwise, what do we feel? Frustrated. Some of us have been pouring our time and energy into work. And if you are ambitious and you are driven, that is a great thing. It's a good thing. It's healthy. This is your life's work. You heard me talk about this in the previous podcast. This is where you're going to spend six to eight to 10 hours of your day. This is the manifestation of your talents and skills in the workplace, in the marketplace, We earn respect in these places. We have intellectual needs met in these spaces. This is really, really, really important time and energy spent. But some of us have made this the priority and we expect our work and our achievements to carry us. And maybe we've deprioritized relationships. We find out it's not enough. Maybe some of us have prioritized our relationships, not our career, not our life's work, and we feel unfulfilled because we realize that the relationships can't do the whole job. We need a sense of meaning, a sense of purpose, a sense of industry in our lives. So we're asking ourselves, where did I put my energy this year? Was it worth it? So here's the inventory. And again, these are going to come out via the blog. How aware of my energy levels am I? What notifies or signals to me that my energy is low or that it's high? What lifts my energy? In other words, what energizes, what recharges me? Not what excites me, what energizes me, what drains and depletes me. How in touch am I at the start of the day, at the end of the day, where are my energy levels? On a scale of one to 10, sometimes these are very good just to scale something. 10 being vitalized, energized, ready for the day, ready for life, really hopeful, really focused. One being sloth, right? Just nothing, unmotivated, And I want to say a word about laziness, because I use the word sloth, which is another word for laziness. The root of laziness is not a lack of work willingness. The root of laziness is fear. Friends, if you really believed that you could accomplish what you set your energy to, wouldn't you do it? Even the smallest thing. If you really thought you could open up your fridge, take out a few ingredients, and whip together a delicious meal, I bet you would have more energy to do it than if you thought you were going to fail at the root of procrastination, at the root of what appears to be laziness, is fear. So I want us to ask ourselves, what am I afraid of? What do I think will happen if I pour my energy into something? Do I fear I will be depleted? Do I know how to recharge? Because if we know how to recharge, we shouldn't be afraid of exerting energy, right? Where am I expending the most energy? How is that affecting my quality of life? Is it improving it or is it diminishing it? Am I spinning my wheels anywhere? Write it down. And where am I frustrated in my life? Where have I expended my energy and it's not budging? That's frustration. And do I need better strategies for what I want to see or a change I want to grow in? You know, I was thinking about wins and goals and gains and sort of what we look at in the last year and how we set goals for the next year. And again, an inventory is more of sort of looking where you've come from. This is a little of a little bit of a backward glance before we set goals. But I think that our inventory always should inspire our goals, just like you do it in business. You have to know sort of what your numbers are in the past year to know what your numbers are going forward. 
you know, what you've accomplished versus where you want to go. It, it, it's sort of a it's, a, it's a retrospective before it's a future perspective. And I want you to think about what your goals were in the last year. You know, one of my big goals in the last year was to release a book, and I did that. But there were other things attached to that that I didn't accomplish. And I thought, you know, they're not off the list. And I think a few years ago, Vanessa would have beat herself up. Oh, you didn't do it. Other people did. You didn't. You know, I'm always comparing myself to perfect people (laughs) as if they exist. Aren't you? I'm always comparing myself to perfect people who can do what I can't do, you know. And I'm not so much anymore. And I thought, well, it's still a goal. It's still on the list. And I'm still in process. And what a different perspective that was for me. And that's actually something that's grown. Is I don't see myself in terms of success or failure anymore. I really see myself in terms of process. I'm just in process. And certain things are getting done at a clip. And certain things are taking longer. And so it's better for me to look at why certain things are taking longer. Either they're not priorities, or maybe there's a confidence issue, maybe there's a strategy issue, maybe it's a logistical issue, okay? But I'm looking at things differently. I'm not looking at goals through a black and white lens, and I want to encourage you to do the same. Instead of looking at goals you've reached or goals you've failed to reach, I want you to think about goals you've reached, good. Goals you've set that you're afraid of, but you set them anyway. They're still on the list. You're afraid of them. You don't know how you're going to get there. You don't know the how, maybe you know the what, but they're there. And then I want you to look at the goals you've set, you haven't reached yet, but you haven't given up. They're still on the list. They still matter to you. And what that says about you is courage. You haven't laid down your sword. You haven't said surrender. The battle is still there for you. You just haven't really stepped into it yet. What have you gained in the last year? Not just financial gain. Have you gained friends? Have you gained more peace? Have you gained more perspective? Have you gained more wisdom? Have you gained more self-love? Have you gained more humility? Have you gained more contentment? Have you gained more acceptance? What have you gained? What have you added to your life this year? And has it been something you've needed? Maybe you've gained more toys adult toys. Maybe you've gained more stuff. Maybe you've gained more experiences, but did you gain the ability to be present in them? Maybe you've gained more experiences, but have you gained the ability to be content right where you are? What is something that you've added that's not bringing value? Just because we have more of something doesn't mean it's a good thing. So we're getting into the inventory. What goals did I set for myself that I've achieved? What goals did I set for myself that remain in progress? And now this is important. What goals have I set for myself and now upon deeper reflection need to come off the list? It's not important to me anymore. Either it's off the list or it's gotten bumped down in priority. Okay, so maybe we reshuffle the deck a little bit. What goals have I been afraid to set for myself? And what goals do I have for myself going into 2023? And you're going to look through all of these dimensions of living, relational, mental, emotional, physical, financial, professional, spiritual, fun and play, all of that. Now's the time. We're wrapping up this inventory. What do I want to see in myself in 2023? Now let's look at losses. We looked at wins, goals, gains, that kind of thing. But let's look at losses. You know, I recently had to attend a workshop on ethics because we have to get a couple of credit hours of ethics every year. And I went to this ethics, you know, seminar and I walked into the room and it was a small group and there were about 15 people in the room. And I saw a person who had been a friend of mine in graduate school. And I don't really know what she was going through. I really like her and I still like her and I liked her then. But she sort of behaved really bizarrely at some point. We were really close friends and we were, you know, kind of going through graduate school together, which is like going through war together when you're (laughs) in your 30s. And then inexplicably, I don't know if she heard something about me. I've never had an answer to this question. And at this point, I don't care. But this was, you know, almost 10 years ago. She just sort of ghosted me, just left the friendship. And then after several months of trying to get in touch with her, you know, let's hang out. I haven't heard from you. Is everything okay? Blah, blah, blah. She just wrote me a text and said, you have other friends and you need to focus on those relationships. Basically, I don't want to be your friend anymore. And I never knew why. 
and it was so hurtful and it felt like an abandonment. So I haven't seen or talked to her in a long time. Well, guess who's in this seminar? So I walk in there, I think it was December 20th, and I thought, oh, and I, you know, my body tensed up and I felt myself get hot. And I went and sat down at a table, you know, there were only a few tables and I sat on the other side of the room, you know, and I just took a breath and immediately became aware of little Vanessa, who doesn't like to feel rejected. And that's a wound for everyone. I'm not unique in that way. And I just sort of self-soothed and I, you know, wrote Jared a quick message and I said, oh, you're not going to believe this. And he doesn't really know this whole history because it was before we were together. But I said, you know, just brief recap, there's this, well, I'll just read what I wrote. I wrote, I just walked into my ethics seminar, boring but required, and there's a woman in here who I was really good friends with, and then she inexplicably ended her friendship with me. We went through grad school together in a text, a text dump. In other words, she dumped me by text. I immediately tensed up, and now I have to be in the same rather intimate setting for the next three hours. I'll be strong. And this is what he wrote back. Oh, my baby, I'm sorry. Just try to concentrate on the work you're there to do. If anything, show her kindness. You'll leave the session feeling good and she'll wonder why she ever cut you out of her life. I know you'll be an example of grace and strength. And so if any of you are wondering why I married Jared Bentley, there it is. (laughs) Talk about emotionally available, right? But I really, you know, I read those words and I thought about them and I thought, all right, put this in perspective, Vanessa. Does this need to derail your morning? No, it does not. I don't hate her. I respect her. She's a clinician. I'm sure she's a good therapist. And if she doesn't like me, it's really none of my business. I don't know why. But it's none of my business. It's not something she wanted to share with me. And so as I was processing my losses, as I was doing this inventory, I thought, oh, I lost I lost her, but not this year. But that was a loss. And I thought, have I grieved it? Yeah, I've grieved it. And how did I feel when I saw her tight, uncomfortable, self-conscious immediately, my guard went up, my walls went up, I wanted to protect myself, I was aware of all of that. And then I kind of had to nurture little Vanessa and I reached out for help, I reached out for support, just a little bit of emotional support, you know, I wasn't in tears, I wasn't crumbling, it was just a little bit of, you know, a shaky moment. And it's nice, right, to be able to reach out in a shaky moment and have somebody grab you by the hand and strengthen you and just give you that little bit of steadiness that you need to get through the shakes. Not that I was physically shaking, but you know what I mean, shaky moment emotionally. And then as the seminar went on, it just went away. And I can tell you right now, and I don't know, you're listening to this, you think, man, Vanessa, you're so sensitive. Yes, I am. It's part of my personality construct, and it's also part of what makes me a therapist. But years ago, I wouldn't have been able to shake that. I would not have been able to shake that feeling. It would have been sitting with me that whole time. Why did she, you know, end the friendship? And I would have felt uncomfortable and like I had to prove myself in some way. And it was so nice to be able to get a little bit of strengthening from Jared and just take a deep breath, soothe my inner child and then just pay attention to the ethics course. And it was, you know, like I said, boring, but required. (laughs) Uh, The presenter does the best he can with rather dry subject matter. And here's what happened during the break. So we took about a five, 10 minute break in the middle of the seminar and she walked over. She kind of rolled her eyes while she was walking over like, "Eh, okay, I'm going to come say hello. It wasn't a mean thing. She was just kind of acknowledging the, you know, the state of things between us. And she sat down, Vanessa, how are you? And I was shocked. Absolutely shocked. I'm like, why are you talking to me? You didn't even want to be my friend, but sure, let's talk. So I said, hi, you know, how are you? And you know, we chatted and then another friend walked up and there was actually another person who sat next to me in the seminar who's a really good buddy of mine and I'm a big fan of her and she's a big fan of mine. So we had a fun time in the seminar together, but the three of us chatted for a moment and then she, you know, got up and walked away. And as we were walking out to our cars at the end of it, she said a couple more words to me and I was just myself, very warm and polite, but, you know, I didn't go out of my way to connect with her in any way. And I got in my car and I thought, How interesting. A few years ago, I would have been consumed with why she didn't want to be friends with me. And today, in 2022, I was totally at peace with it, at peace with the fact that the people in my life are loyal to me. I trust them. I have them. I love them. And I feel so safe and secure in my relationships now. And I was able to honestly know in my heart that I am not interested in pursuing or seeking relationships with people who are not interested in pursuing or seeking relationships with me and how much easier it was to let it go. 
So for me, it was just a nice moment in 2022 of realizing that I've come to terms with losses. Sure, I've got long ways to go in a lot of these areas, but it was just a real life. It was almost a gift, a real life, relevant, real time experience of how far I've come. It didn't derail me. I didn't really care that much. I would say on a scale of one to 10, it rattled me at about like a two and a half and a three. So I reach out to Jared just because he's my person and he knows about, you know, anything over a one. (laughs) And he kind of steadied me and I thought, eh. For the rest of the day, I was probably about at a one at all. You know, it was a beautiful moment of just ah, deep breath, taking care of myself. And you know what? Letting people come and go. I know who's there for good. So have we lost friends? Getting back to our losses. Have we lost loved ones to death? That's a permanent loss. Have we lost opportunities? Have we lost time? You know, we're aging. And if you are under the age of 40 or 45 listening to this, this is almost irrelevant to you. But if you are over the age of 40, 45, I know, I feel it. We're aging. Our bodies are changing. Do we have the sense when we think about lost time that we've wasted time? I'm going to tell you something from a mental health perspective. There is no such thing as wasted time. Why? Because the lessons we learned must have been learned that way. There is no wasted time. In the economy of the universe, there's no wasted time. You didn't waste time in 2022. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're looking at this inventory, you're learning from the time you've invested. You're learning from the energy you've invested. So there's no such thing as waste. There's only learning and growing. If we have had losses this year, have we grieved them? So an inventory might look like this. What have I lost this year in terms of people, time, dreams? Have we lost a pet? Have we lost health? Have we lost youth? Have we lost a sense of peace or hope? What do I need to do to gain back what I can? We can't get some things back. But we can get hope back. We can get peace back. In many ways, we can get health back. Sometimes we can't, and that's a grief process. What can I get back, and what am I doing to do that? What do I have to learn to live without, and have I grieved? And if I'm grieving, is my grief process still in process? Why do I say that? Because some griefs, my friends, you can grieve it, and you will get past it. You will absolutely look back in your life and think, I'm not sad anymore, I've let it go, it's over. And there are some grief processes that we will carry with us for the rest of our lives. You know, today's December 25th. On the 27th, my mother will be gone. And this hit me like a ton of bricks last night. My mother will be gone 18 years. How's that possible? I have not heard my mother's voice in 18 years. That grief does not stop. It changes. But it doesn't end. Then I want us to ask ourselves, do I avoid grief? Can I sit with my losses? Can I process my losses? And if I do avoid grief, what do I use to distract myself? Go ahead and write a brief description of a loss that you've grieved this year and how giving yourself the time to grieve benefited you. I want us to take a little bit of inventory around riches. Riches, Vanessa? Do you mean material riches? Eh, maybe. Maybe we're looking at financial riches you know if we live in the first world we are extremely rich period compared to most of the world and most of us will set some kind of financial goal for the coming year okay if we're wealthy maybe we want to add to our wealth if we're struggling maybe we want to get out of a place where we're struggling maybe we're content and we're steadily growing or we're striving wherever we are financially It's not really what I want to talk about right now. I want to talk about other riches. I want to talk about family, friends, meaning, and depth and wisdom. Family. Some of us are truly blessed with loving, safe families. I once saw a cartoon. In fact, I'll put it on the blog. It's hilarious. The cartoon says there's a banner across the top of the stage that says annual convention for children who grew up in loving families and there's like two people in the audience <laughs> so, 
<laughs> if you're one of those people, I'm so happy for you. And for some of us, we had very loving families, but they were broken. And then for some of us, we actually had families where there was a real deficit of love. And if that's the case, we need to admit that. That's actually a really healing, freeing place in psychotherapy when we can admit that I didn't receive the love I needed. Because what that means is it's not us. We aren't broken. We actually didn't get the nutrients love-wise that we needed to grow. So if you had a loving, safe family, I think the appropriate response for that is gratitude, right? But for some of us, we're rich in healing families. What do I mean by healing families? I mean, some of us, and I hear this from you, your parents are doing their work. A lot of you have shared this podcast with your parents. And your parents are emailing me. They are emailing me. They are. My daughter shared this with me. My son shared this with me. I had no idea that my relationship with them could be healed in this way. And it brings tears to my eyes. I share a lot of these messages with Jared because, you know, he edits this. It sort of feels like our baby. And the two of us just sit there sometimes just dumbstruck that we're doing this in the world, that we're putting this out there and it's having an effect. So some of your families are healing. Some of you have children who are maturing into adults and they're starting to get it. They're starting to be self-accountable. They're starting to take responsibility for themselves in meaningful ways. And so some of us over the last year have deepened our relationships with our families. We're safer. We have more mature relationships in our families. You know, my closest sister is my second sister. She was my matron of honor in my wedding, and she's just really one of my best friends on earth. And we got into a conversation a couple months ago because I felt myself pulling away from her. And she's so intuitive. And she was like, Vanessa, what's going on? And I was sort of caught up in a very busy time of year. And I told myself, eh, I'll talk to her eventually. But, you know, she knows me too well. And she knew something was a little off. So we talked about it. And she said, can I ask you a favor? Can you not wait to talk to me about this stuff? And I said, Michelle, I am so sorry I did. Because we had such a healing conversation. And this is what she said to me. She said, Vanessa, we have so much money in the bank together. Not physical. Do you know what I mean? I'm talking about real riches. I'm talking about money in the bank when you're safe and you're loved in a relationship in your family. She said, we have so much money in the bank together. You can come to me with anything. And our relationship has the stuff to get through it. What a feeling that was. What a healing moment that was. So for some of us, our relationships this year have gotten deeper. And that is richness indeed. That is wealth. For some of us, that's been our friendships. We have friends who are like family and our friendships have matured and deepened as we have matured and deepened. And I think the hard place in friendship is when you're doing your work and you're maturing and you're deepening and your friend isn't. It changes what you can talk to them about. It changes the content of the relationship. Now there's a floor and I know how far I can go and that's okay. But sometimes there's a loss in that. And then the flip side of it is when our friendships are deepening, when they're maturing and our friends are too, man, that is a beautiful thing. And so maybe we found in 2022 that there are one to two people in our inner circle who can hear it all safely without judgment and they can help us. Maybe we found out that there are friends who can't. And we've accepted the loss. We've accepted that the friendship is sort of stuck where it is because this person isn't doing their work. I am, they're not. It happens. But if we have friends who are deepening with us, we have wealth. Meaning. What do I mean by meaning? I mean, you're living a life that feels purposeful. You have a sense of that day to day. You have a sense of yourself in the world doing good work day to day. You're able to enjoy life itself. Being alive is a joy, it's a privilege, it's a gift, it's something we're conscious of. Like, I'm liking this experience of life. Day to day, it's set up in such a way with my relationships, my home, again, all of these categories of the inventory. My relationships, my home, my physical life, my sexual life, my spiritual life, my work. I'm living a life I'm enjoying. I'm liking this thing called being alive. Not so bad. That's wealth. Have we acquired depth or wisdom? What do I mean by that? I mean, are we learning universal truths, poignant truths, principles? Are we learning how to live? 
kind of the rules of life. I'm not trying to quote Jordan Peterson here. He wrote a famous book called 12 Rules for Living, and full disclosure, I have not read it. So I don't know what the rules are. I think I know what number one is. It's not bad. (laughs) He's like a New York Times award-winning author. Eh, It's not bad. Who do I think I am? Anyway, but there are principles for living life. There are ways of living that will lead to greater joy and life satisfaction. And there are ways of living that will lead to greater distress and life dissatisfaction. Are we learning how to do it? Are we getting this thing called living under our belts, loving under our belts, working, growing, growth? Are we getting it under our belt? Like, I got this. I kind of have a better sense of who I am and how to do this thing this year than I did last year. That's growing in wisdom, living with principles, letting our principles guide our days. They guide our decision making rather than our immediate wants, our immediate needs and our feelings principles. That requires that we've grown in self-discipline, self-restraint, self-control. And in my experience, and in the experience of sages, that is a path to a better life. It's a better life. Are we growing in depth? We're able to see the arc of our life, not just the moment-to-moment pain or pleasure, but sort of the story of who we are the story of our life on the earth, the story of what we've brought. I know I'm speaking in big terms here, but friends, this is what it's about. It's the story of what you brought to the human race. And it is unique and it is yours. Are you getting a sense of it? Your life has value. Your story has value. It's teaching us all about the human experience. Are you getting that? Did you get one step closer to that in 2022? I hope you did. Are you living more with a sense of connection to the life energy, to the life source? This goes back to the spiritual component in the first section of of the inventory. This is wealth. Where is my life rich? In what am I rich? Look past money. Everybody knows money can't buy you happiness. It can't. I have counseled in the 12 years, however long I've been counseling now, I've counseled exquisitely wealthy people and I've counseled people who I saw pro bono because they couldn't afford therapy and they couldn't afford their rent. And I will tell you, and I've said this before, everybody's got the same problems. They just have bigger houses. (laughs) Okay? Same problems, nicer houses. The human experience is the human experience. Wealth does not answer all of those questions. It provides more comfort, but sometimes it can provide so much comfort that it brings anxiety and stress with that. We lose our ability to be grateful. We lose our ability to be content. We lose our drive. We we lose our focus because we don't need anything. And we get restless in that. But that's a very small subset of the population for the rest of us. We need to learn how to measure our wealth by something else. I have wealth in my sister relationship and in her husband and her children and my nieces and nephews. I am rich in those relationships. Where are you rich in your family and your friendships? Are you living your life with a sense of purpose and meaning? How is your life benefiting other people? If it is, you are rich with purpose. Are you learning about yourself? Are you connecting the dots in your life? Do you have more empathy, more compassion for the people around you? Do you see suffering differently than you did last year? Then you are rich in compassion and that will change your life. Have you learned your lessons? Are you looking at 2023 saying to yourself, I'm not doing that again. Oof, learned that lesson. Then you are rich in wisdom. Where is your life rich? In what am I rich? Complete this sentence. This is the inventory. I am rich in fill in the blank. And then complete this sentence. I am wanting more of fill in the blank. Take a look at the relationships that have strengthened you because the relationship has grown stronger. And how did it grow stronger? Were you more honest? Meaning you told the truth more. You didn't lie. You didn't hide. You didn't conceal. Maybe you took more risks about being known and seen more authentic? Did you let people really see you, the real you? Maybe you developed better boundaries and your relationships responded really well. There's more respect. Did you get better at conflict? 
conflict resolution, confrontation. Because if you did any of those things and the relationship responded positively, you have greater trust and therefore greater safety. So what's the inventory? Who is closer to me at the close of this year? Why? These are important questions. What actions did I participate in that made us closer? Really important. What did they do that made us closer? And do they know this? Have I told them, hey, you did this this year and that made the difference. I trust you more. I feel safer with you. This is going to give you a good sense of what relationships in your life are reciprocal and which aren't. Again, time and energy. Who have I poured into? Did the relationship budge? Did it grow? And I want us to measure growth in inches, not miles. If a relationship budged one inch, it could probably budge three or four more. What strengthened me in my relationships this year? Okay, what truth did I learn? What action did I implement that brought my relationships to a better place? Friends, you've got to see your role in it. You are the player in your own life. You are moving these relationships. You're moving them forward, you're moving them away, or you're moving them closer to you. You're doing it. You are the dynamic active presence in your life. Who do you want to bring in closer in the coming year? Why? What do you want more of that they have? How would that relationship improve your quality of life and how do you plan to do it? Now, conversely, let's take a look at relationships before we close up that strengthened us because the relationship didn't grow, but we did. So we got stronger, not closer. Maybe we became a bit more unwilling to take mistreatment. Maybe there was gossip and we got sick of it. We're tired of feeling unsafe. I can't tell you anything. You're going to tell three people in a negative light. Maybe we got fed up with harshness. We won't take it anymore. There are boundaries now. Won't be part of that. Maybe we got tired of broken promises. Maybe we finally reached the end of tolerating people who don't keep their word. Maybe we got tired of chaos. What do I mean by chaos? People whose lives just center around negative, destructive energy. If we have taken a step away from that, as hard as that is, I promise you, I know a lot of you responded a lot to that podcast I put out a few months ago called Leaving Toxic. You are stronger for it. You are. That energy will rub off on you in your life. And by that same token, if we've stepped away from chaos, maybe we've stepped away from drama. People whose lives are always swirling around very difficult, extreme emotions. And they want to loop you into that. Maybe you just need to maintain a, a safe distance for your sense of peace. Maybe you finally said a no to abuse. If you're out there and you were in an abusive relationship in 2022 is the year you said no more, I want to stand up right now and applaud you because your life is about to change radically. Whether it's physical, verbal, emotional, psychological, sexual, financial, I don't care what it is. If you finally said no to someone else wielding their power and their need to control you over your head, you have made an enormous step in 2022. Maybe you have better boundaries. This is a huge risk because if people can't accept and work with your boundaries, the relationship will not get closer. It will get further away, but you will get stronger. And if that happened this year in any relationship, my hat's off to you. It is hard. The relationship will not feel closer if they can't accept your boundaries, but you are stronger in it. Closer does not mean stronger. Closer only means stronger when both people are doing their work. So let's give ourselves a moment to ask, who have I had less contact with? How do I feel about it? Am I guilty? Am I less guilty than I used to be? Maybe I'm not guilty at all. That's sort of how I felt in my ethics seminar. Oh my gosh, I'm not ashamed. Wow, it's gone. I'm okay with it. Go on your merry way, sister. No hard feelings. What an empowered place to be. And I truly wish her well. I really like her. I didn't end the friendship. She did. But I really wish her well. I've let it go. 
A moment of feeling rattled and then no fear, no shame. Friends, we're growing. I want to wrap up this year by thanking each and every one of you for listening to this podcast. We have smoked past 20,000 downloads. We're closer to 25 at this point because of you. You're listening. You're sharing. You're investing your time in your own mental health. I got a message the other day from somebody. You know what? It probably bears reading. Laura wrote me this on Instagram. Cheers to you, queen. (laughs) Thank you, Laura. What a gift for me. I'm an artist under my own insurance, and I haven't found a therapist yet. This is good for me. In reference to the podcast. My friends, thank you for these messages, but that's why I do it. This is why I do it. We don't have sponsors yet. If you're listening to this podcast and you'd like to be a sponsor, please contact me. We don't have sponsors. This is our time. This is my time. This is my energy that I'm pouring into something that I believe is worthwhile, that I love to do. I love connecting with you. I love hearing from you. But here's someone who hasn't found a therapist yet, but she's getting something every week. You who have been listening to this faithfully, who have been sharing it, who have been writing me messages, you are the community. You're the community of people who are willing to face themselves, which is the hardest thing you're ever going to have to face in your life. Be honest. Grieve your losses. Own your strengths. Discover who you truly are. And we're all learning how to love that human being. Don't worry, I'll say it again at the end. But friends, this is what it's about. So thank you for walking through this year with me. 2022, let's put it behind us. We're crossing a bridge into 2023 over the next week. You cannot bring everything with you. What are you leaving behind you in 2022? And what are you taking with you into 2023? Make it worth it. For those of you in the Nashville area, I have a really exciting announcement. The Toolbox Workshop has been established in person. It's going to be Tuesday nights from 6 to 8, location TBD. I'm 99% on the location, but I want to make sure we shore everything up before I announce it. But it looks like it's going to be Tuesday nights from 6 to 8. It's a 12-week commitment. Likely we're starting in February. We'll probably take a week off for spring break for all the parents. If you're in Nashville and you want to be part of the Toolbox Workshop in person, I'm leading it. It'll be recorded. It'll eventually be available on the website. But if you want to be in that room and walk through this book and get the tools your relationship needs so badly, send me a message on my website. Very simple. VanessaLandino.com. Just click the contact link. Check Toolbox Workshop and let me know where you are and if you want to be in person or if you want to be online. If you want to get in touch with me, the best place is on Instagram. Those are the messages I check the most frequently. Facebook is fine. Email is great. The podcast at vanessalandino.com. Thank you again for walking through this year with me. We've all grown a ton. Remember, your sole work is to discover who you truly are and learn how to love that human being. Congratulations, everyone, on a job well done this year. I'll see you in 2023. This podcast is recorded in Nashville, Tennessee and edited by Jared Bentley. I'm Vanessa Londino and you just listened to the Vanessa Londino podcast.